Welcome, dirty peasants, to episode 70 of Wartwood Gazette, the Amphibia podcast. This week we'll be covering Marcy's journal, but since there's a lot to go through, this week we'll be covering just the first portion of the journal of Marcy's time in Utopia, uh, just before the events of Marcy at the Gates. I'm your host, Thumbaticon, and join me today we have Impact. Yo, what's good, everybody? And Nick. What's up, y'all? All right, thanks, guys, for coming on. And uh, news this week, um, we're recording on February 3rd, 2023. Um, this will probably come out maybe in March, so. What happened in March? Wasn't this when the 3B came back? Yeah, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, we yeah, yep. started. We got uh, the teaser for 3B, too. Oh, uh, yeah. Like the. It was mostly clips from like the Corn the King and. Yeah, the Corn the King and the New Normal, I think. Oh, the, the Corn the King, the New Normal, then like that one scene from The Hardest Thing. Yeah, I, I mean, don't think never... it was new normal. I I think it was like Just... I think it was oh sorry not the new yeah normal. escape to amphibia. Escape from amphibia sorry escape from amphibia yeah escape to amphibia yeah yeah and uh, I mean we can't predict the future so hopefully the amphibia crew... movie is going to be announced. Yeah, the amphibia movie got... <laughs> the amphibia <laughs> movie just got announced and uh, a crew member <laughs> just revealed some like behind the scenes concept art that we haven't seen yet. It was really nice. Like it was really cool to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But uh I'm holding a copy of Marcy's journal in my hand. Um we're gonna kinda of break it down, but I, I don't think if you really want to experience the journal you should you should buy it because that <laughs> supports like I mean, yeah. amphibia. Support like, the official release. Yeah, yeah. We could get an art. We could get an art book. I mean, yeah, there's enough, enough support like, and uh, and Marcy's journal was written by Matt Browley and uh, Adam Colas, and the like illustrations were by uh, Katharina Asukiman. It's, it's like normally like when we do like an episode recap, like I, I give like the credits, but it's like <laughs> it's just kind of odd. Like it's like talking about like a book or like a comic book review, but like yeah, gotta give credit where it's due. Um, I guess so. Like I said, we're only gonna cover like the first portion of the journal where it's like everything we didn't see from Marcy. So it's like everything. In her time in Utopia and whatever adventures, just before Marcy at the gates and just before she meets, uh, reunites Zan. with Anne and meets the planners. Yeah. Um. So just getting into it, like you have like her like getting set up in Utopia and like she's writing in her journal, which she's nicknamed Joe, and there's a lot of like. 
<laughs> it's it's kind of different going like trying to recap a book <laughs> compared to an episode, but like she like yeah, she meets the like you know we get to meet like Olivia and and Andrews through the book through her perspective. Uh, I'm trying to look at like the smaller details at this point. It's like. Yeah, there's so much. <laughs> there's just so many things on each page. But I think that's... I feel like, uh, it really I feel like in terms of, of like... In, in terms of like general summary, I mean, it's pretty much... It's it's Marcy season one. It's her theme song takeover, but like... Expanded. Like, it was stretched out. But in a good way. Not in like a bad, it feels way too long kind of way. Like, everything that happens in her takeover happens here. It's just like this extra details in between. So Yeah, like um so whatever you see in the theme song takeover is is also in this book, but like fleshed out. Um except like the stuff in the theme song is kind of like out of order, but like of course like the theme song takeover came out before the book, so it's like some events yeah. are shuffled. Um It's just interesting in the very first page, like Marcy notices that like there's like she notices like some structures are more advanced than others, like she was talking about how like there's like tall structures that are like more advanced, but then like there's cobblestone roads which are like less advanced. So she notices like the technological like possible differences in in, in Utopia. You know, she's like talking about like she has her own isekai adventure. Yeah, this weeb. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, of, a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah, there's a lot of that in this <laughs> book. Um, what else? I didn't even notice the whole Marcy noticing there's uh, different technology. I only noticed that later on in the book, like once we get to like. Because that's more obvious when we get to like Ernest's castle and whatever with the the ancient amphibia technology and stuff still around. Like, I didn't even think about that. She figured, she didn't figure it out. But like, if Marcy wasn't in like isekai adventure mode, she probably could connect a lot of dots together. She has all the tools to do it. So, yeah, and. Uh... You know, she tells, like, she kind of, like, teases about, like, being responsible for this, but then she, like, responsible for, like, bringing them to Amphibia, but then she uh, crosses it out in her journal. And, uh, I'm looking at the pages where, like, she describes, like, Olivia and Andreas. And, okay, like, she has Andreas sign her, sign her journal, and, like, it's like in red ink, and then like the he breaks the pen and then switches the ink, but just like that, that red splatter just kind of like yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. It feels like like they have a second intention behind it. Like like there's just something about it. <laughs> like the red ink, there's something about it. Wait, but wait, I thought like the red ink was. Marcy's pen. It is Marcy's right? pen. But it's like he bre- he breaks it because it's like it's such a tiny pen. But <laughs> oh, okay. It's just like red. I don't know. So something just feels inherently violent <laughs> about the red. Yeah. Pen. Oh, but I don't know. 
but it is pretty yeah this is yeah this is just pretty sweet i mean i i i, I do like how hard marcy goes to the drawings man i mean i, I just see this like a nice nod to her eventually becoming a webcomic artist it's pretty cool And uh, just before I go forward, I just wanted to talk about like the the cover itself. Like, um, it matches Marcy's journal. Oh, if you if you ordered the hard copy, like the sleeve becomes like a like a map of Amphibia and has a bunch of like different uh, loca locations. Like it has the towers. It has like the like it gives everything like a name. Like, I heard the map isn't a hundred percent accurate, like from people who are like super analytical of the show. I can't tell. It looks pretty accurate to me from from how the show works. I can't think of any place that doesn't make sense, but I I hear around that it's a little wonky. So, but I can't see it personally. Like they definitely like. I can see, like, okay, the first temple would be in the Amidala Woods, maybe, and then they show, like, the second Mount Mutu is, like, the second temple, not too far from, like, where Toadcatcher took place in the East Tower. The Dry Swamp, that's from, like, yeah, the Biddyberg, Runes of Despair, and the dry swamp are all nearby each other, which is like that was, those were the episodes after Handy Ann and Karen. Yeah, Snoop everything's Sire. a straight line from that point, pretty much. Not a straight line, but like it goes in order of the episodes that we saw them in. Mm -hmm. so. I do think it's cool that we see the the, the other Toad Towers, though. We never saw a West and East Tower before, like ever. So those are locations that. Yeah, I don't know. That was, that was nice. I don't think we went to the Alm Wood Forest either. That's entirely new. So, I don't... Yeah, no, we never did. Yeah, we never went there. Like, so. I think Proteus is, like, under Quarler's Pass, so... Yeah. Yeah. And then, like... It's the... pretty nice, though, that we have, like, uh... Just a finished idea of what the lore looks like, you know what I mean? Because it feels like... Yeah, it definitely feels like they had, like... Maybe seventy, eighty percent of everything figured out, but like you know, there, there, are just these like specific things they didn't have like fully ironed out. Now I, I guess we just have the idea of like what a sort of fully realized idea of what amphibia looks like. I think that's pretty cool. And even though the map also has like um, utopian writing at the bottom too. Yeah, I was gonna, I, I was gonna mention that code. It's uh, if thou seeketh adventure, then this great land shall suffice. But beware for every dream will always uh, have its price. Have its <laughs> price, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it is pretty, man, it's just, yeah, I don't know. That, that, it's just so weird, because I don't know. It's like, that theme really is everywhere in this show. I don't know. I feel, I feel like this show is just so, it can just feel so deceiving sometimes. I, I, I think it's just, I think that's because it's like, Everything is there as a backdrop for like what's essentially a Saturday morning animated sitcom. Like, like that's you know, that's Amphibia's vibe. Like, it has all this other shit going on, but like 
at its core, it's just a Saturday morning sitcom. But then it's like, oh, but then it, it, it's like, careful what you wish for. Otherwise, you'll suffer this terrible cost. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it, it's great how they can balance all that stuff. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, I feel like Amphibia, like, with its themes became a lot more... I think the theme of change in Amphibia is this thing the show, like, hammers in in the finale. But, like, I don't feel like any other theme of Amphibia really is. That's the only one where the show was like, the show is about change. That's one of the themes of the show. And it, like, hammers into your head for, like, the entire finale. But everything yeah. else is kind of like it's there, but like you don't really gotta think about this to get what's going on in the show. But like it's it's there if you want to find it, you know, narrative yeah. narratively speaking. Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. It's just I, know, I think it's always just interesting for me to think about because yeah, I, I don't really have those sort of realizations of like a lot of shows and like i don't know amphibia it's it just yeah i don't know damn good show i guess i mean i i say it every time i get on here but yeah it's a good show yes um, i think the, the well, every every dream has its price thing is interesting because it it plays into like so many characters in the show like the the first time that line's given is to hot pop but then like it's clear that this line also was to Marcy too, right? Marcy wants to keep the friend group of, of Anne and Sasha and her together forever, no matter what, you know? And she's willing to do anything to keep that dream a reality. Andreas wants to be this world conquering overlord, um, follow his father's wishes. And then he figures out, oh shit, this actually kind of sucks. like. Maybe this wasn't like the best idea ever. And then Sasha, you know, same thing. It's a constant theme with, with most of the characters, except I would say like, I don't think Anne ever has that thing, but that makes sense because Anne isn't a character who has goals at the start of the story. She only has goals in like season three and she's more active there. So I don't know. Yeah. And, no, that's what uh, you mean. Um, oh, go ahead, Tom. No, I was just gonna keep going through the book, but yeah, go ahead. No, 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 same here. I was just gonna do the same thing. <laughs> I just wanted to point out that like Marcy had another gamer moment where it's like she shows off the three different cast systems on like entry. What was it? I think it's entry nine. I I just find it so funny that she's like, "Whoa, this racism <laughs> reminds me of Clash of Cultures." Sick. Like I don't know, this made me laugh. <laughs> like, like she doesn't Marcy, even like react God. to it. She's just like, "Oh, like uh, yeah, that's pretty like, cool." Pop. Anyways, it's like pog. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, it's like, it's like, it pretty cool. Oh, it sounds like a pretty serious political dispute with lots of nuances and wide-reaching consequences for everyone. Fun. I just think it's kind of funny, like, her diagram for the caste system, it's like, the way she's, it's like the far, the frogs are farmers and laborers with no political power and forces ruling over the frogs with an iron grip on behalf of the newts. But then the way she has the arrows pointed, it's like the frogs are pointed to the toads and then the toads are pointed to the, the newts. But when technically it's like the hierarchy, it's like 
the newts are telling the toads to like do this, and then the toads are telling the frogs to do that. It's like I don't know. I'm just over. I'm looking. I'm over analyzing. Yeah, I, I guess it just means like I guess it just means like serving or something like they didn't write. But I guess they just mean like serving this person and serving that person and blah blah blah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like it was like more of a hierarchy thing. Mm. Like the frogs serve. Well, I feel like the frogs serve the the newts, but the toads make sure the frogs do their thing. You know, so it's like it's kind of in that order. I would say it's more like the toads and the frogs point at the newts and less about frog to toad, toad to newt kind of thing. I don't know. Cause the whole society of amphibia is fucked up anyway, where like newts yeah. are the only one who gains power. And then all the, all the toads are, are people who belittle poor people, but you know, keep poor people in line. But yeah. <laughs> And, uh, it's bef- fucked up. And even before that, we get the uh, we get the part in the theme song where she like builds a bridge, and like. Oh yeah, that was really early on. Yeah, that was like yeah, that was right when she got her cast off. Um, and this is when she like notices the night garden, and wants to join them. She gets the statue. She gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the whole time, like, during this, too, is, like, you can tell, um, like, and it, like, one of the things I hear a lot of people talk about a lot um, with kind of, like, you know, actually, I'll save that later. There's a better page for that. I'll talk about Marcy and her relationship to Anne and Sasha, but. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah, like, she she goes, like, she joins the Night Guard, but, like, I guess, like, to join them, like, she has to complete, like, a mission to, like, grab an egg from, like, a crab and. She does it, but apparently, like, they didn't expect her to do it. It's like she was supposed to learn from the failure because they thought it would be, like, too hard for anyone. But, like, she was the first person to actually bring back a golden crab leg. So then she just ends up getting into the. The night guard. Yeah, as a chief ranger. And. Oh, because. Damn. Apparently, she, yeah, she automatically becomes a captain. Yeah, true. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Which is, the page. Yeah, yeah. This is very funny because, like, with the whole like she she wasn't supposed to beat the crab thing. It's interesting because like Marcy throughout this journey isn't isn't really challenged per se. Like, it's not like it's not like we're in a an episode of Amphibia where like Marcy has some character flaw established at the beginning and then learns from it. Like, that's not how this. <laughs> This part works. Like Marcy is in her element right now. So she just kind of gets to do what she's already good at and emphasize that. Which I think is something I kind of mentioned with what would happen if we got more of their viewpoints in the show. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just like Marcy already knows how to do this stuff. It's not like she has to like think differently to take out the crab. Like, no, she's played hundreds of games like this before. This is like not a challenge to her. She doesn't have to to have some like character learning journey from that. She just does it and bada bing she she gets to be a captain and everything. Yeah, and she gets her she gets her outfit and 
we get to, my god we get to meet her crew she just, yeah like we got hobby kettle is name? I can't. I'm guessing it's, so a femur? I think it's, it's femur. It's femur. It's femur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm terrible of cursive. Pretty cool. I, I don't know. I don't know the make of these guys because it's like they're canon, but also like technically not canon. So it's like it's just kind of funny. No, they're canon. I mean, they're they're canon. Like they're not like they're in the book. They're not like in their own. Yeah, yeah they're, they're in the book. The book. Nick, yeah. Nick, the book is canon. Huh? Come on, you like what? What are you? What are you? What are you implying? No, no, no. It's just no. It's funny. It's just funny. It's funny. It's funny. I don't know. I just find it funny how like their first appearance just came from like the theme song takeover, and it's like the theme song takeover is like dubious at best. You know what I mean? Like it's like I don't know. It's it's fine. Quite- I mean, they're, they're pretty cool. They're pretty. I, I like them. I like them. Wait, so are we questioning if the journal's canon or like? No, no, no. I'm just. I don't know. All right, yeah, I'm about, about to say. Just <laughs> called it. It's just a Nick moment. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Well, oh my god, she really, yeah, she really, God, she made them play creatures and caverns. Like I just, I, was, I can't, I can't get mad at her because like, come on, we already know she's like an awkward nerd. She has like no clue what she's doing with them, but she was just like. <laughs> Let's force them to play my board game. It's funny. Yeah, and then like that's when they fight the cobra from the theme song takeover as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how they actually bond together and stuff. So Yeah. That was pretty neat. sweet. And then we get to like I just find it hilarious. Like So like not hilarious, but like one of the things that, like, this is the page I wanted to get to with it. Like, so one of the things I hear a lot about in the fandom um, with Marcy's character is it kind of feels weird that, like, Marcy didn't try to find Anne and Sasha with the resources she had. She had a whole bird and everything. It seemed a little odd she wasn't trying to find them directly. I know there's a cut scene from Marcy at the gates that kind of sort of explains that. But even then, the character isn't really being active in trying to find uh, Anne and Sasha, right? So, I don't know. I just find it interesting here that, like, the journal really pinpoints to you that, like, Marcy is thinking about these girls all the time. Like, even when she's making other connections with other people, she immediately ignores that and is, like, she's, like, where are my girls? Like, but, like almost the entirety of the journal it's very funny but like i don't know but it definitely seemed like adam wanted you to be like no marcy was thinking about them the whole time and she did want to find them but like we're just gonna emphasize that point because marcy never really gets a chance to express those thoughts in the show because we don't get the show from her perspective so yeah yep and uh yeah, they fight off the cobra, and she kind of describes the uh, each of the cadets. And, you know, like Femur's like the gentle giant, Javi's like the hothead, and actually no, Kettle's the hothead, and um, is it Javi or like Javi or Javi? Or... It's it's Javi. Yeah, it's, like, it's definitely Javi. Yeah, like it's like it's like, it's like a like a. Hobby. 
how to describe it like the, like a Spanish kind of yeah so Avi Javi like sorry yeah Javi and uh he's more of like a he's like the egotistical guy and he... he's the rebel yeah he's the rebel the the, the lone wolf and I'm looking at her calculations for the catapult and like I I, I remember this like she's just like calculating the trajectory Oh, whoa. Yeah, it's totally there. Wow. Yeah, she, I don't see anything about wow. gravity, though, because that's how, like, for the trajectory, but, like, they show, like, the horizontal distance, you know. My, like, they're not including air resistance in this, but it's fine. She's the Pythagorean theorem. Something. I don't know. I don't know how you do this stuff. Wow. I mean, for, like, for Dang. for 45 degrees, you can do, like, you can remember cos 45 and Sign forty five. They're the same value. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. So she actually is doing, okay. See, this is this man. I I fell off hard from high school math. Like I can't even. This is. She said it was college. Was cool. College I, level geometry. Yeah, it's like, high school. I don't know. Is, is, is she in middle oh, school? Uh, She's like yeah, doing big brain. I mean, see, uh, like this is the thing again. It's like. <laughs> They're clearly supposed to be high schoolers, but it's like it just seems like, nah, they're thirteen, they're thirteen. <laughs> Come on, we all know, how, we all know how mad static. Come on, we know how old are they, and we we know how old they are. Come on. I feel like a lot of the fandom doesn't even know like that fact. I, at least that's the, the the vibe I get. I feel like a lot of people when they join in, they just assume. Their their canon ages, and then like don't know that like information that they were supposed to be older. Because I I think like other Disney characters, like I think Luz was supposed to be older too, or something. I might be wrong. Oh, oh was she? Like, I'm not sure. That might be misinformation, but I, I feel like it. I feel like that was the case. I might have to look that up. Mm. But. Yeah, I just I think. Oh, no, I'm, not, I'm not really sure about those, but I, I just know if, like, you know, Anne, Saucer, and Marcy, they were, they were all just about to be, like, 16, 17, around that, or, sorry, around, I think around 15, 16, so not, not around there, but I don't know. Yeah. There's... Yeah, so I'm yeah, I don't know, is, dang, that is a bit of... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I mean, no, I was going to say, like, yeah, it is a pretty crazy tonal switch, um, tonal shift, just jumping from, like, you know, I'm taking down the Cobra to, like, Marcy, just, like, you know, just one night... All these emotions are just bursting out of her. Yeah, I think it's like I think it's like a pretty cool choice. Then dang, then she's wait. Ooh, oh, I was gonna say like, I was about to say like, are are the stickers that she puts that she puts next to like the entrance? Are they like supposed to be like color coded or something? Like 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 a color means a good day. Then another color means that that was that was like immediately wrong. I was immediately wrong. <laughs> like I was yeah, like, yeah, I don't I don't think so. Like, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought they I was on to something. <laughs> I thought I was on to something for a second. Yeah, and then like after, yeah, so we got to the page where she's thinking about Marcy and Anne, and then we also get the part where it's like, you know, I thought, I thought it'd be like a gradual like transition where it's like brief thing of like sadness, and then a bunch of more happy pages. But we get this like one entry where it's like, oh. She got the yeah. They get the they get the mission about the uh, the book burnings. 
and then uh and then we get the flipboard game. <laughs> yeah. Get the get the flipboard game. Uh yeah, where she just kind of just tells Andreas everything. Uh, I think I think so intensely for a second. I was like, oh my god. I think it's like uh. I think they paced it well though, like with the with Aunt, with Marcy thinking about Anne and Sasha and then kind of immediate pretty much the entry after the mission she immediately tells all these thoughts to Andreas. I think that was smart. Like it's clear that Marcy's already in a vulnerable like mental state already, so by the time she's playing Flipwort like with Andreas it makes sense that would naturally connect to her just spewing out everything, everything she's been thinking the whole time. And there's setup too, like throughout the book of Marcy thinking about Anne or Sasha. So like, I think I think it worked well. I think they they paced that out pretty decently. Damn, yeah, I'm reading right now. Like this is just this is some chills. Like I I I, my God, I don't know. Like you just forget just how good the relationship was. Just like just how 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 well written it was. I I love how uh... everything about it was just like ooh, damn, <laughs> this is juicy. I love how the piece that Marcy beats Andreas with is is Anne is the care is the like the piece that Anne was in the first temple. Wait, oh, really? Yeah, oh right. shit! No, right, I didn't right, think right, about right, that. Right. That's yeah, good. Right. That's Damn. good shit. Good. That's good shit. This is juicy, man. I hope I hope I can only I hope I can write something only half as good as this. Like just just at least half as good as this. This is just great. I always love the dynamic. This is. I think like this is jumping a little head to like entry twenty two where like where Andreas is asking questions about Earth like about Earth's military specifically <laughs> very funny <laughs> but like it, it, <laughs> it makes me wonder like all right like this is something that I don't would think we're ever gonna get an answer about ever um was like. When did the core go like its possession time? Like <laughs> when thinking about like Marcy joining the core, because I always assumed it was immediately after the Flipwork game. Like the core was like, okay, it's go time. Like she's got to join us. But like, if that's the case, then like, why would Andreas be asking Marcy about stuff when she, the core can just get her memories? when they possess her and when she joins the core, you know what I mean? So like there'd be no point in asking. So I'm going to assume the core thought like around 3A, that was the thought process, which sort of changes Andreas's motivation of saving Marcy too. Cause like, I always assumed Andreas saved the Marcy, at least during the time of watching season three was for the core, but like, I don't know. I feel like that changes a few things depending on when the core was like it's possession time. So yeah. It's starting to make me rethink the timeline of things that we don't see in the show. So yeah. And I, I guess because they knew Marcy had the power of the gems. It's just that like at this point I don't think they knew how to like extract it. Because remember, they had that conversation. Like Andrews had that conversation with Aldrich, or sorry, the core, right after. 
they met Marcy. So yeah. They, and they might have kept her around just to like until they figured out where the temples were. Actually, wait, but then yeah, Andrus knew, like, he didn't know where the temples were, but he knew there were temples. It makes me think maybe the core didn't tell Andreas about the possession thing until, like, around new normal, right? Because Andreas says, like, he has big plans for her or whatever. So it's assuming that means the possession of the core. But, like, like I feel like it makes more sense, like, logically with Andreas's motivations if the core was doing this in secret and then said he wanted, then the core wanted a host, like, and said it in Olivia and Yunnan, like, the first time to him. That sounds like that would make more sense. I'm not sure. It's It's a little weird how this goes, but... My guess is that the core probably said it around the time of like as soon as they got the box, as soon as everything after True Colors ended, it was like, all right, maybe it's possession time, and thought of that idea, and then boom, and the possession happened. And like when when Marcy like tells everything to Andrus, it's like, ah, uh, like the way Andrus is like, he like tells Marcy like that. He, she shouldn't tell Anne and Sasha and like yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. but like at the same time yeah. like he's like feeling for Marcy too it's like yeah <laughs> yeah he's he's empathizing with her but also clearly manipulating her it's like uh <laughs> mm-hmm. uh and then, like, how she underlines he's a real friend in the next entry. It's like... Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do I do like that extra... Because I feel like we, we kind of knew that Andreas had, like, an influence on... I mean, obviously, Andreas had an influence on Marcy throughout season two. But I, I like that, like, extra addition to it. You know what I mean? Because before, I don't... I think, from my perspective, I always assumed that Andreas's influence on Marcy was more so, like... What's the word? What's the word? Like... Actually, you know what? Never mind. I think it's pretty much the same. I think just the book added on to it, essentially, with Andreas giving his toxic mindset of friendship and his thought process on it onto Marcy, and Marcy starts like believing in that thought too, out of that fear of change. So, the book is just kind of just adding that extra extra layer to it to make it work better, which I like. Yeah, and uh, so it's like the next day they're like researching like the order of the Ulm why they're burning these books and uh or the old my god it's a bit of like uh avi like javi and kettle like ship teasing and and uh there's so much of that in this book my god and then that's when we get the description of like maybe like the leader like the snake mask or golden armor or whatever 
and then we got like a an ancient scroll from the wreckage and uh like i'm not gonna read the whole thing for like on entry 21 but basically it's like utopian language describing the power of the stones and like the power they had to like make crops grow and like like heal wounds and destroy foe the foes of those who wielded them and uh just pretty cool. Yeah, like I, I, mean, I like that extra. Yeah, for the next good. entry, oh, I'm just gonna read. I'm just gonna read that one entirely because that's a really interesting one. Yeah, I mean, I I think to me, I kind of assumed Infivia had a civil war over the gems. Like, I feel like that had to like. Yeah. That was always my head cannon around it. They had to had to to fight over that shit. You got infinite power in your hands, and there's gonna be no war. You're crazy. <laughs> like yeah yeah and then marcy fell in the egg the giant heron egg for breakfast and then like you mentioned impact like the andrew's asking about a oh my god military like military <laughs> hierarchy <laughs> <laughs> the highest political authority of the kingdom. He's like asking about your military, and you're just like, oh, uh, probably no, probably no, no second motivations behind this. Like, <laughs> this is so funny. Yeah, Marcy. And Marcy, like, it goes like, hmm, that was weird. Yeah. Like, and it goes anyways. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, our fathers are strict. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so much in common. <laughs> Uh, Mar I, <laughs> I just like Marcy must have felt so goddamn stupid. Like <laughs> once two colors happened, yeah. like she had, oh she had everything right there. My God, <laughs> it's like Andrew, this wasn't part of the plan. Like I didn't. Yeah. I, was, I, was just, I was just explaining tanks and fire just fun. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Uh... <laughs> God damn it. And I uh, do like the well, just one little thing. I do like the addition of characterization for like not for at least Marcy's dad. I know Matt talked about um how the crew were kind of thinking about the parents and their relation to like Sasha and Marcy a bit. So like we never got characterization for like Marcy's parents at all in the show, really. I mean, we got like one line from them, but like, that's not like a lot, you know. Like, you could literally interpret what they say to be like anything about their characters. Yeah. So, like, I do like the addition of Marcy's dad was hard to please. He was really strict. Like, that's that's a nice extra addition. Like, they didn't have to do that, but they did. I like that. Yeah, good old minority parents. Like, I, see, it, it's something I was suspected because I was like, you know, I, mean? I feel like that energy was really behind my show. Like, really, a lot of people who are children, like, like, like immigrants, right? I was like, you know, Matt Brawley, yeah, he's a child of an immigrant, I'm pretty sure. So it's like, I don't know. I, I always just suspected he took that energy and he just put that into, like, Marcy's um, origins. So, like, I don't know. I'm not even trying to brag, but it just feels nice knowing that sentiment was still there too. I think I think I would argue that the sentiment 
is also there with Anne too, in the sense of like, if we go to like with the strict parent angle, right? Or like with Mrs. Boonchoy, um, Drow Drie, like, yeah. How kind of the Boonchoys sort of create expectations for Anne to live up to, but then she can't really, like, as soon as she messes up, like, instantly they're like, oh, you're back to the way you were before. I don't know. There's definitely still that sentiment with yeah. Anne's parents, but it's a it's a little different. And I feel like, I don't know, like, not to go on a fandom tangent, I always hear, like, Anne's parents were awesome. And, like, Sasha and Marcy's parents were ass. And it's like, ah, it's more, a little bit more complicated than that. But, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think the strict parent angle was definitely a thing that definitely exist, existed in the show by the Boon Choice, too. Just a little differently, I think, compared to probably Marcy's dad and, and her relationship with, with him. So, yeah. Really, I mean, yeah, it's just all this interesting, all this interesting stuff. It shows you how well they've. No, it's just funny because it's just. I'll, I'll just make this point when we eventually get there. So, yeah. Just so we can move on now. Um, yeah, like they go through the tunnels. Like, not tunnels, the sewer system. That's how they think the, the cult's traveling. We just get some kettle lore for being from the streets. Kettle lore. They just went all out for these characters. And they just, and they just exist within like this non-show material. Like, I, I'm sorry, but it just makes me laugh. <laughs> it just kind of makes me laugh. I like it though. I like. I appreciate. It. I appreciate it. And then they like chase like a like a like a hermit living in the sewers and get some info out of him, like the pathway to like the cult's like meeting spot, and he gets like the tamagotchi for like a and treats it like the like the one ring, like a Lord of the Rings golem reference. But I know neither of you have watched Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Whoa, wait, wait, who's again? You said, like, what, what character being referenced? I feel like I'll, I'll be able to know. Uh, Gollum, the Andy Circus character. Gollum. Yeah, like, I know, I know Gollum. I know Gollum. Okay. I mean, I feel, I, feel like, I feel like Gollum's one of those things where it's like, you know what I mean? You know nothing about the franchise, but just like that one thing, it's iconic enough for you to, like, have heard it for, like, Osmosis or something. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's one of those things. Like, the whole precious thing. I've heard, like, you know, he's like, Anytime someone brings up the Lord of the Rings, someone just like someone, some comedian just starts like gets in a fetal position and just scarring like it's just you know you know, you know the whole thing right? Yeah. Just going like and it's like the least funniest fucking thing you've ever seen in your entire life. But apparently, all the Lord of the Rings fans they find it hilarious. Calling it out, calling it out. But yes, cool, cool thing right here. But they actually fucking said, pr- "Oh my god!" Yeah, it actually says the price. Right, get precious. me off of this page. Get me off of this page. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Yeah. So they this. so they sneak into like the cult meeting, like with the robes, and uh, like Marcy compares it to like prayer services with Sasha and Anne because they they went to like a Catholic like middle school. Yeah. Yeah. They... Um. Yeah, like gold mask. Like that's the apparently the name of the cult leader. Uh, 
Yeah, Kettle notices something familiar about him, like the gestures. They find out their next the next target. And you know, like they, they plan out like a sting operation. Like the night guard prepares like a to ambush the the cult when they try to burn those archives. Uh then that's when Marcy gets her crossbow and Let's go. And right before they head off to the mission, you know, once again, like Marcy's thinking about Anne and Sasha. <laughs> and she also has that very adorable power pose of her crew. Can't 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 forget that. Yeah, and uh... most important part of the book. <laughs> most important part. Of the book. Oh my god! Wow, I see. I just, I just, it is damn. She just, I just, I just love how she just goes ham on like the drawings of her and Sa- her. <laughs> Her Anne and Sasha, like, damn, like, I don't need to hide what I did. Yeah, I don't need to hide what I did from Anne and Sasha, sure, sure. I, was, <laughs> I can't wait to see what, like, what just, it's just such a, I don't know, I just think part of what just makes it so interesting is it's just such a, it's just such a, like, a unfortunate tragedy, because, again, it's just, like, not to, you know, try to roll old grandfather, it's just, like, I don't know. She just saw those two, thought they were actually having fun. <laughs> like she generally, part of it is generally believe they they actually love their lives here because it was like, yeah, they they really did benefit in a way. Well, at least Anne. Anne was the clearest one, but like, I don't know. It's I think uh, it's something. I think Marcy was just like, I think in her, I think in Marcy's heart she knew that it would. She, what's the word like? I think Marcy was trying to, like, in her head, think of this narrative where, like, they were okay and having fun and having a good time. But she knew, like, and probably, maybe not, maybe so. So when Anne shows up and she's, like, this better character now, like, she's she has a little bit more self-confidence. She's like, oh, I'm right. Sending him to Amphibia was a good idea. That was a good play. Like, totally. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with that. She keeps trying to ignore that conscience of hers. The whole time, so but that's more of like a after the Marcy the Gates thing discussion. But yeah, yeah, and like she's she's thinking about them right before, like every before every mission, she's thinking about her friends, and then we get to like the actual like ambush, and uh, it, it kind of goes oh, poorly. We... Um, like wait, 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 do we like? I'm not like a zodiac sign. Guy, yeah, I thought yeah, are those are... zodiac signs above like the girls in that picture? Like I just. I have... I know there was I I think from what I hear I think it made it so then with these Marcy was the oldest and Anne was the youngest I think so I'm Uh, I'm feeling like like that 90% confident I don't like that oh my god Gemini I I always had canon Anne's birthday to be in August please tell me Gemini Puts it around there. Yeah, I, I don't please know anything about. Don't so, break. Yeah, don't, right. Let me look it up. Gemini month. Please don't break my head cannon. This is the like the one head cannon I made. All right, I, I'm so safe. May twenty first to June twenty first. Wait, no, I'm not. Real <laughs> month work for a second. Yeah, it's over, gentlemen. It's over. Oh, wow. Okay, let me see. Let me see. Uh. Let me see Marcy's. It says, I guess she's Aquarius. Let me see that. Aquarius. 
Yeah, because I think I th- that's I think actually crazy. What? Matt had to like confirm, like, because he said in interviews that Sasha was the oldest. He was like, oh. "Scrap all what I said. Like, that's all bullshit. Just follow the." What? Damn. That's crazy, though. Like, I don't. Okay, okay. I I know they're pr- they're only like they're all less than a year apart, but it still feels weird that like. Marzi's the oldest. Like it, 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 I, I know we're not supposed to underestimate her, and Sierra's like a child, but it's like, oh, sometimes she just acts like the baby of the group. So it's like, I don't know. It, it, it just, it just feels funny knowing that she's technically the oldest, even if it's yeah, only I like thought, a few I months. Sa- I would assume Sasha was the oldest. Yeah, like she's and like, was the yeah. middle, and then Marcy yeah. was the youngest. Crazy. Yes, yeah, like the. The sting operation, like, so they waited until like the call, like, put all the scrolls into a pile and then did the ambush. But then, you know, like the the gold gold mask, like, takes off the mask and reveals himself to be like Captain Ernest, uh, Ernst or Ernest, <gasps> Egas, the former captain of the the night guard that Marcy's leading. Um. Yeah, they're trying to put out the flames, like, um, others are trying to get as many cultists as they can, and then Ernest escapes and says he'll be waiting at Dawnblood Castle, but, Ooh. and you know, that's, yeah, this seems like a, this would seem like a pretty good, like, I guess, episode. Yeah, I would I would like to see this animated. The whole like Ernest stuff in general, like when we go to the ship and his castle, that really could be it's a whole animated thing if they I mean I'm not saying I, I need that, but like I, I would like it. I would enjoy it. So Yeah, and they and they couldn't save the books, like all the books got burned except for half a page. Um and I'm just gonna read the like the entirety of this because I think this is like my this is the most interesting, I think, entry. It's, uh, the inventor of the box, the wisest dude of them all. She managed to unite the kingdoms under one banner, a banner of interdimensional conquest and ambition. Peace came to Amphibia, and with it a golden age. However, this peace led to the conquest and subjugation of other worlds. The inventor of the box faded into obscurity, burdened by guilt and sadness. It is said that even death could not hinder her quest for redemption, and that she still travels the world in spectral form alongside her winged purple companion to this very day. What is her duty? Will her soul ever find peace? And it's like... Okay, I, yeah. I wish they didn't reveal this in the uh, in the preview pages, because it's like... Honestly, Wait, they did? Yeah. This is basically yeah they did. So for those of you the for those of you don't know, like it's like this is confirming that Valeriana was like the creator of the Calamity Box, and it's like yeah, that got. <laughs> I think honestly, that was like the biggest reveal for me in this book. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. I haven't read part two and three yet, but I've seen some spoilers. Like, I haven't read the rest of the book, but like, this is still like the biggest. Like, it explains so much. <laughs> Like, yeah, why why does she keep disappearing all the time? She's a ghost. Yeah, no, oh my god. 
And just just that one tweet, just that one tweet where someone clipped her just disappearing and like Matt just said that's that was one hundred percent intentional. Like it's like I didn't even realize. I'm not I didn't even. I didn't even realize. I, I feel like. I feel like I got so used to Valiana just slipping in and out of the plot that, like, once you disappear in the hardest thing, I didn't even notice it. But like, it's just. I don't know. It's just so. In, it just feels so incredible just knowing what her actual journey was and just what the crew had planned for her from the start. Because it seems like, yeah, it seems like something they definitely knew what they wanted to do with when they first started. Right. I think they. They at least had like like an idea. And I, well, maybe I feel like they definitely had an idea of, of. I feel like they understood what her origin was at least. I feel like I can say that. I think I think so too. I think. I feel like it's it's kind of weird fitting Valeriana into like because because three B is the lore part of the show pretty much. We get the yeah. alms, we get the core and the king, we get the we get the the guardian, the god domino. We get all the lore pretty much for the show essentially in that half of the season. It's it's a little hard to fit Valeriana into there, you know what I mean? Because, like, yeah, she built the box, but she's not really a part of the conflict with Andreas or his friends or Aldrich or the core, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, I think it was – because I, I, was, I was debating on whether or not this should have been in the show. And I'm the more I think on it, I'm like, eh, I don't really need it just because the show never makes it so then Valeriana plays this she does play a big deal in the finale. She gets the, the girls to to get their powers. And we already know she knows she has some connection to the gems. So but like Yeah, I, I think it was a good play to put this into the journal. Cause I don't think I don't think Valeriana really that that part of the lore like fits into the show really like it would have been cool but like i'm not entirely sure you need like a whole episode maybe a hint yeah. in mother Ulm or something i don't know but I'm, I'm cool with what they did with it here yeah yeah plus i think there was just something that there's just something about very barely on that i can't i can't i can't say her name but there was just something about her that just worked even without this origin i don't know what it was maybe it was just like we got so used to this being this sort of oracle for the series, but like, I don't know. She she delivered without us even understanding what her actual involvement was. But yeah. Like honestly, I kind of uh like I, I disagree. Like I think this should have been included in the show because like like I know okay, I know the every dream has its price isn't the main it's not like the main point of the show, um, but I think like just this idea of like I, I think Sunsphere, like our our, our friend Sunsphere, he mentioned how like the box is like the the lid, like the linchpin of like the events of the show, like like how like that's like the uh, the object and how everyone reacts to it is like kind of like how the show is like defined and how it like moves forward but just seeing how like having valeriana at least like why like her if the show like explained not explained but like just showed why her reacting to like like why did she make the box how like how she felt about it being used 
I think could have like helped support like I, I think it could have led well into like the stuff that was going on with like Leaf and Andreas about like what to do with the box and like is this something that should have existed in the first place and if this is something they should be doing it would but I, I understand why it wasn't included because it doesn't really relate to Anne's arc I'm I'm trying to think about it because I'm like all right, yeah. so for Valeriana's stuff, would you like, because now I'm trying to think, how would you fit that in the 3D? Because I'm like, I mean, would that would, be its own lore episode? You wouldn't you know need, to, I mean? you wouldn't need Let's... to fit it into 3B, though. Like, you could at least, like, we could, we could say, like, okay, like, maybe in season two, you find out that, like, the gems were put inside the box. And then at least you you know that the gems are a separate entity from the box itself in season two. And then season three can explain, okay, the gems came from God. Like, um... <laughs> okay. I gotta think about that. I, I, I'm still... Hmm. But I do... I'm, okay, because I, I know Valeriana always kind of, show, kind of shows up when, like... For Anne, basically. But I guess that's, yeah. a, that's probably, like, my, like, I guess my desire for, like, wanting more from Valeriana, because, like, she was, like, the only character that, like, was such, like, a wild card. And seemed, like, so, like, I don't want to say out of place, but she was, like, on a different, like, caliber to even, like, Andreas. Because, like, her and Anne were the only ones who ever, like, showed some sort of, like, connection to the gem she was always like an outlier and like we I, i'm so like i'm satisfied with this answer so like but i guess like i just think seeing it in the show would have been like nicer but yeah just a matter of timing and yeah yeah but yeah that's just that's just my like i think like i feel like if if it was in this show I'm, i feel like the box doesn't lose relevance in in this season at all. It gains more throughout in in the series. It gains more and more importance throughout the show. But like, I feel like the the show never makes like um, a committed decision to like what's the word like like the characters never have to decide we need to destroy the box and the gems like i know technically ann does for the sacrifice but like there is never like a conversation between all our cast where it's like this box and the gems got to go like we got to the shit's got to like get out of here so the conversation about like the box itself is I think if that was a part of 3B a bit more if like that was like more of a central conflict of Anne and Sasha and Marcy, or not even like them, because they, they're not a part of Amphibia. If Amphibia itself had to decide, like, to let go of the box or the gems, I feel like I would want Valeriana in it more. And if we had more of her backstory, it could connect to that. So, I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think about how she fit, how you would fit her into the show. I think it's possible. You just have to kind of change the the character's viewpoint of the bot, if that makes sense. So, yeah. 
No, I see what you mean. I think, um, yeah, honestly, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I can definitely just see it being one of those things that just, like, never found its place in the story, I guess. So I, I think it definitely would have been, like, nice to have it in somewhere. I guess it's just, yeah. Yeah, because I don't think you get Valeriana's, like, because Valeriana isn't a character who's necessarily changing throughout the story. Like, we don't know Valeriana's thought process on everything. And she's not, like, a character who has to make an active choice in the story. Like, it's not like Valeriana is ever considering not helping the girls or helping the girls. Like, with Andreas, it's like, we need to have his backstory to understand his thought process as a character. So when he changes, it makes more sense. With Valeriana, like, I feel like we don't need that in the story that Amphibia gave us, you know, with the box. So, I don't know. I feel like if if the box itself... Yeah, I'm going to repeat myself, but yeah. If she's more a character like Andreas, I think it would, it would make more sense if, her action, if she had to consider her actions in the story and if those were going to affect bigger things to everyone else, then we'd have to know her thought process. But yeah. Uh... And then like we kind of go to like to the next entry in the journal with like like Beamer, Keto, and Javi are like super heartbroken about Ernest, like portraying them. And then Marcy makes her like her family's signature fried rice, which I, I like the addition of that too. Yeah, pretty cute. Um, yeah, pretty dope. Yeah, it doesn't like change anything all too much, <laughs> okay. but like I, I like getting more of Marcy's family in the yeah in in this in the book a little more. If we're gonna focus on Marcy's character, get more stuff from her family in some way, you know. Those mealworms and crickets, my lord. And they're all just I I I like how she had like you know the emoticon thing you know what I mean like the like the thing <laughs> like she, I like how she added that to the end of they're all just so sad <laughs> it's like she she seems like I don't know this is funny this is a guy startup I see yeah and then yeah they, and then they talk to oh dumb you go oh like I was gonna mention like Albert like the the guy who runs the night guard just told him that like the mission's over and like even though like yeah. Ernest, Ernest is still out there you know and he brings up how like how close Marcy is to the king and she has to like black out whatever she said about him <laughs> <laughs> I think I think she called him a, a salamander like in the because <laughs> Like, earlier in the book, like, Marcy figures out that the word salamander is, like, really offensive <laughs> to newts, so I'm that's assuming hilarious. that's... Because <laughs> the alliteration works. Word. It's short-shied, small-minded, and then salamander works right there, so, like, <laughs> that's what we want to assume, anyway. Short-sighted. Oh, yeah, my work, God. Yeah. What a short-sighted, small-minded... I can't even just a, <laughs> that that's oh my 
Okay, the... I can't believe Marcy's using slurs. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay, like the the Chief Ranger's oath. It's like, like the the third line. It's like defend Newt, Toad, and Frog in that order. Like I hope the the thing in brackets isn't part of the oath. No, no, in that it's, order. I, I think I think it's just. Yeah, I think it's not, but I guess it's like a small oh. note for Marcy to keep in mind or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's that a weird thing. <laughs> like... <laughs> oh, no, nah, I don't think it's, no, nah, I don't think it's Marcy's note. I think it is, Part of I think note. it's just like an M. Yeah, because, oh, that's, that's fucked up. It's like, because <laughs> you don't even see the night guard do anything for like, Anywhere else outside of Newtopia, so yeah. it's yeah. Well, they did emphasize Amphibia that. Like, sucks, yo. They, they did mention when the Cobra attacked that, like, it was threatening like a trade route between like Frog Valley and Utopia. So it's like, oh, like oh, it's like okay. business. Wait, but wait, that's still like benefiting. Like, yeah, I know that's why that's, that's like. The... <laughs> <laughs> and they, they described like the far the frogs as like like common like peasants. Or commoners, like, but like Marcy had that in like in in quotes, so like someone said that. But like, uh, I like how Marcy goes to Andrews, and she's just like, oh, you know, bureaucracy, and like, nothing much I can do. And then like Marcy's like, screw it. Finds out how to get to Donblad Island. And they takes her and the team on the Green Lady, the ship that uh, Hop Hop was building in uh, Children of the Spore. Yeah, that was. I think that that was in the in the theme song Takeover, right? It like, was. We knew that it was the Green Lady. Oh so, yeah. I I think they show they they make sure like the boat looks like what Hop Hop was building, but they never said okay. they called it the Green Lady. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, and then they call themselves like the. They weren't sailing as night guard members, but as companions, and uh, named themselves the Red Skull. Oh, she named them the Red Skull Moth Gang, symbolizing transformation. Oh, and then it's like she made an. Apparently, the red skull was like part of like an anime reference for her, which is. Ah, Marcy. <laughs> <laughs> it's mega underrated, Joe. Wow. Death Angel Winged Academy. Wait, how are you gonna. Like, I, so she calls it an iconic anime. <laughs> Then he's like, but it's also mega underrated. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It is pretty. I don't. It just. I I I guess it's pretty sweet that she's that she was bonding with this group. It's. I don't know. It, it's. I don't know. I, was, I just don't know to say. It, it's, it's it's like it's there. Like what she got out of Amphibia is there. It's like dang. I I guess we'll see how she screwed it up. How she screwed the pooch guys. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I like that 
that Marcy's always trying to name herself or what she does based upon like her own nerd stuff. It's interesting because yeah. like even when we we get to Darcy, that that same thought process applies because even though we you know Marcy's not there, but she kind of is there. Her influence on the core is still there. So like I don't know. I like that they kept that even when the characters fundamentally shifted their role in the story from protagonist to antagonist. So, well, yeah. not protagonist to good guy to bad guy. There we go. Yeah. And uh, Yunnan is accompanying them on this mission. And like, maybe I read ahead. I'm trying to see like why she was joining Marcy. Was like, did. Did uh, Olivia assign her to like? Um, I'm trying to read right now. I forgot too, to be honest. So like they mentioned that she's going after Grime at this point, but like she was just joining them. I think because they're she's going in the same direction as them, so it's just like might as well hitch a ride. Oh, okay. So know? like she's like like the ship is for her, I guess, and then. That's why it is. Yeah, because like this is the unofficial mission, right? They can't like get, like, what's the word? Like, yeah, I, I would assume Yunnan is just kind of like the ship is for her, and then there's this kind. Of, yeah, 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 because yeah, for the her, and yeah, then like yeah, the sailors are mentioning it's like a secret mission. Because yeah, the frog, like, yeah, the, the guys on the deck are gossiping about it. Yeah, and like the the. Because Marcy's crew, like, gets dropped off at the island, and then they're waiting for Yunnan to come back. So it was her ship. Like, it's not it's not theirs where they can, like, keep the ship there, finish the mission, then go back. Like, it's the, the ship is for Yunnan. So, yeah. Okay, and they, uh... We get some Yunnan. Oh, I was going to say, like, there's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, you're about to cover what I'm going to say. So go ahead. Go ahead. Oh no, you go ahead. I mean, I was just going to say. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. There's Yunnan. Uh, yeah. Honestly, I'm, I. I. Okay. I take out what I said before. I, I think I'm starting to appreciate what the journal definitely gives. I think that's pretty interesting that we got that. Um. That we just got more motivation for Yunnan's actions, but like, I don't know. But I think that man, it's just so funny seeing Marcy cope at the same time. She's like. No one should be defined by one past mistake. Cope. Everyone just cope. And Sasha, I hope you're okay. I miss you both so much. After I get my gang their closure, I will come. I, I was sorry, I will come find you. No more side quests. I need my trio. Yeah, okay. Okay. Like 50 more pages of Mars and shenanigans before that actually happens. Yeah, and then uh yeah, they get attacked by pirates, and you know we get that quick scene from the uh, takeover. But then we find out the pirates are just like a theater troupe that took method acting too far. Then they have to save them from the the mantis raids. Uh. And then, okay, I guess they do, like, a, like, Marcy does another, like, Creatures in Caverns or D&D game with, uh, 
with her cadets and it's kind of her just like discovering it's like they, like each of the cadets have their own like little like D&D &D character but then like it's Marcy kind of like learning about them like the the character she's describing for the game is actually about like the cadet members like what they're really like it's like like uh Javi is just like a hopeless romantic and just vulnerable uh Kettle's just like a hard worker but she's like And then Femur is just like loves, uh, just wants to be. He he doesn't want to fight. He just loves nature, or whatever. And and then they start talking about the the ex the ex captain Ernst Ernest and like he oh, he was wait one oh go ahead yeah oh one thing I just wanted to say I find it funny that like Marcy like. Marcy consistently says that she's not good at reading people or understanding people's emotional state, but, like, she just wrote down, like, the entire character traits of all her members. She is able to read Andreas and his pain when he's talking about his friends. Like, Marcy always understands herself socially. Like, she, she says she has a hard time making friends. Yet she instantly made friends with three people on her team that really like her. And it just, I don't know, like, I feel like Marcy is always, yeah, she thinks of herself poorly socially, even though that's not true. I, I always assume maybe because she's comparing it to, like, how Anne does stuff socially that, like, she doesn't realize she has those gifts, too, just differently from her. I don't know, like. Marcy doesn't know how good she is at this until, like, yeah, she doesn't really, she doesn't get her social skills are actually not terrible. It's just she has to, like, practice different things with it. Like, she can't force people to like the same thing she likes and blah, blah, blah. So, I don't know. I just find that interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I think it's definitely just, like, yeah, another one of the most interesting facets about Marcy is just... Yeah, I I just love the idea that 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 she was just she was literally her her own worst enemy. She was literally holding herself back from like pretty much the skills she already had to go out on her own and like just forge a life for herself. Like she always had that within herself, but like yeah, she was just so committed to her place in the Calamity Trail that like it also just scared her to even try. And like I don't know, I, I think that sentiment. I think I think it's. I think with yeah, what's also cool is just how you can it's just how you can connect at the spirit away, which is just like yeah, it's just it's this amazing animated film from the early two thousands that Matt was inspired by to create the show, and like literally, it's like the same idea with the main character. She it, she basically goes to this scary fantasy world and just makes a life for herself, and that just tells her that yeah, no matter where I go, I'll be able, I'll be all right, and like like I should mention at the start, but yeah, she was. So the movie, she's moving to this new place, she's scared, and then she gets transported to that world. And like the whole point is that, that she's managed to just conquer it, conquer her fears, and just become a stronger person. Like that's like it's just the same idea. Like Marcy, you always had this in you. It's just it's weird. It I, I, I can see why people are saying this um journal is like somewhat tragic in a way, because it's just like, yeah. <laughs> because it's just the answers were always in her face. 
she just couldn't see it. And like I think that's like that just makes some good tragedy, man. Yeah, Marcy had the lessons to learn, but she chooses not to learn those lessons. Like it's yeah, it's it's kind of sad that way. Yeah, man, Rip Bozo. Like she turned all right, man, right? She's <laughs> Rest in peace. Yeah, and then the crew arrived to uh, Dawnblood Islands, and uh, we get this like it's like a really moody like look with like, a castle at the top of the on top of I guess this like I don't want to say mountain but hill and. Uh, It's like the rocks are all blood red, and this kind of gives me like a Barrel's Warhammer vibe. Um, just like this whole like little, oh, I guess, oh. this whole little quest, and I honestly, oh, I, I see what you mean. And I, I yeah. feel like I could ima- like I, I can see this like coming out in like season one, like where like similar to like Prison Break, how it's like it's like a sudden like tonal shift and you get you get to see Marcy for the first time or whatever and people would go like people would go crazy if this if we had like a 10 minute segment just drop on us like this just no context like mm. just Marcy doing her thing and but yeah like uh huh that that makes me think like cuz cuz all this stuff is like it, it like this is this is Marcy's season 1 like, essentially, like, this yeah, this whole part mama. of the book. Like, nah, it just makes me think of, like, a, a different point of view Matt went with it, where he was like, let's set up all three girls in season one, and then have them be a factor in every season. Because Matt, like, decided to be like, no, each season is about the different relationships and has with the girls, like, Anne and Sasha, season one. Anne and Marcy season two. And in season three, it's like Anne and Sasha. And then by the end, it's Anne and Marcy and Sasha and Marcy. So like it's like the combination of all three of them by by season three. So I don't know. Like because I, I would assume if 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 Max set up Marcy here, we would have like Marcy play a part of reunion, and that would be weird. I can't think of an uh a Marcy and reunion. <laughs> uh, like, that'd just be a completely different episode. A very different timeline. Yeah. It was just, I mean, yeah, I think like Matt has even touched about this, upon this in the past, but yeah, it would just be an entirely different show. Like, it would just be like something. Yeah. Else. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe, maybe it would be good. I, I could see it being like really good for tons of great drama, but like, uh, I don't know what else. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah. it's like, You'd be one hell of a story you'd be building out of, I guess. It would be something. And, like, they notice, like, there's a bunch of futuristic stuff laying around, and... I think it would, it would like... It's, inter- it's interesting to see that Marcy kind of, like, had some sort of idea that, like, there's, like, something more to Amphibia. I think she, like, folds the page, so maybe she wants to, like, look back at this later on. Let me... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. she folds the page down like yeah that she like I'm guessing people usually do that if they want to like revisit a page. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, because like 
I always assumed that when Marcy saw Frobo, this was like the first time she saw any kind of technology like that in Amphibia. But like, no, she she had all the tools to figure out what was going on. She had all the the translations of the of the um, the little pages she has with all the Newtopian writing on it. She had the ancient technology stuff. If Marcy really looked into it, she probably could have figured out the whole backstory of everything, like, pretty, like, easily. Like, it's, like, even, like, it's a little spoiler, but, like, even Anne, like, connects some thoughts with, with Andreas and and Leaf or whatever without even having to, like, get too much. I guess it's already in the show, so. But, like, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. They They kind of set up Marcy... If she didn't get like stabbed in the chest, she probably could have figured shit out, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, yeah. And then uh, they they do recover like a they re- recover some runes around like in this area. And it's like it's basically oh, yeah. it was basically written after the box was like taken by Leaf, and they're describing how like. Without the box, it's like they couldn't control. Like, like, we're fucked. Yeah, they couldn't control the wildlife that was like around them. And it just like started, like they're mentioning cities being overrun with like with beasts and monsters. And, and so, and this was on like Dawnblood Island. So I'm guessing this island became like abandoned because like everything was going to shit. Like, I, I just. Yeah. I just yeah, I just love I just love that like how it kind of gives you a little, like a little glimpse of like what happened like after the box was taken. I think like in the core of the king they mentioned just like oh it's like it's a dark time for Utopia. We gotta shut everything down. But you just got you kind of get to realize oh like yeah they just man, they kind of abandoned everything. They just let everything fall apart. Yeah, yeah which I like because. I kind of got the vibe in the court in the king, like, Al- like Aldrich, like, once they lost the box, they were just like, fuck it, GG's. Like, wait for the box to come back. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like, GG's go next. Because, yeah. like, because <laughs> I, I assume, like, the box... Okay, so I assume the robot fact, like, okay, no, no, because the robot factories can still work without the gems. But, like, they can still make robots to defend themselves, right? I guess they just don't have enough resources to do that. But then, like, it probably would have made more sense if they just changed their whole system to make that work. So it's, it's, I don't know, it's it's interesting. I feel like Andreas and Aldrich themselves, like, fucked over Amphibia more than the box being lost, to be honest. Like, but whatever. Yeah, and uh, they're camping outside the castle because it's like too advanced for them. And uh, and then apparently, like a secret passage opens while they're like inspecting the wall of the castle. And apparently, Javi swears that Marcy's eyes glowed green, which is. I glow. 
again, like making it so then this is Marcy season one, you know, she, she's got to have her own eye glow. I'm assuming Sasha had that too during season one. We didn't see it. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm like, I I think it was cool that she got her eye glow, but I'm like, mm, I don't know. You know, like just 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 the first eye glow moments. It already felt so iconic. Now it's I don't know. I, I think that's like a tiny, a, a little salty part of me there. I'll I'll admit that. I'll admit that. I'm like, I don't know. It was cool. Well, cool. I'll give it that. Yeah, I think. Wait, did we mention about uh, Marcy with the violin or like? Yeah, like she she played the uh, Vagabondia main theme, and yeah, which she's like, damn, she's she's multifaceted. Like, just wow, (laughs) like I think that's just that's just pretty cool, man. Cool, pretty cool about her. She pretty pretty much does everything that like. It's pretty cool. Yeah, because I know Matt. I don't know if I said this earlier, but I think because Matt has said he he wanted to bring that like like Marcy was like this musical prodigy into this show but they never found a way to fit it in so like I forget I think it was like the reddit like oh the Q, the AMA. AMA yeah I remember yeah he, he mentioned something about that and then boom there we go we got Marcy with the violin I, I think he mentioned specifically the violin too so like I saw some fan art of that um, before even this came out, so yeah, there we go. Yeah, and uh, there's like a mini boss battle with like like a side character, like a, just like a random background character from the theme song takeover, Bomb Frit. It's like honestly, there's not much to talk about here. It's just she was just like a mentor, or whatever. And... <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, it's a little little fight. Yeah, and then they go to like Ernest uh, Ernst's like throne room, bunch of jewels everywhere. And like we find out that like the reason he's doing all of this was because he was given like like a anonymous benefactor offered like him a lot of money to just burn a bunch of documents uh related to like one legend and store or or story that you know actually i guess we'll we'll say like the the obvious part at the after we cover the whole fight but like ernest is like felt burdened by like the responsibility of being a night guard and uh he want he wants them to join them like they want, they want, like he still cared about his like his cadets and wants them to join him, but obviously they say no. Yeah, and he's like, "All right, then I gotta kill you." And yeah, Brussels the murder. Yeah, because yeah, I I feel like it's pretty clear, Ernest. Like, Ernest is this guy who wants to leave his old life behind, and what's the word? I literally lost my fucking thought um ernest is this guy who wants to leave his old life behind and like wants his crewmates to join him too even though obviously this life of his now isn't really 
benefactor isn't helping out anybody which fuck i lost my fucking word never mind <laughs> i lost my whole thought about that i was gonna say it parallels marcy in some way but i can't bring it i mean up. yeah like it just like basically like choosing to start a new life and just like offering his former buddies to join even though it's like it was the wrong yeah. thing to do yeah and then they get in a fight he takes them all out. Like, he takes all the rest of the crew out. Marcy's the last one left, and she has, like, a little potion, and... This is, like, a brutal, like... Like, a brutal death where it's, like... She throws, like, a... like a, I think the Instavines into his armor so that it kind of, like... It grows from inside and just, like... F- like, just, like, holds him in place... And then, like, and he, then she like what like knocks him out the window, right? No, she doesn't knock him out. He just falls out because like, oh, he falls backward into like the through the window and just goes into the ocean. Yikes! Hey, <laughs> Marcy just killed a guy. <laughs> well, Marcy him, man. I mean, like, I... <laughs> damn. Yeah, and then no, I would have said Anna. And... I would have said Anna and Marcy have a higher kill count than Saucer, but honestly, I'm not even sure. I think the Calamity Trio, they all just have blood in their hands. Damn. They're all murderers. Yeah. Yeah, and then we get, like, that final uh, translation, and it's, like, it's just, kind of, it's just about, like, the, the three people in the prophecy and whether or not, like, what will happen. Ooh. Yeah, like, it's, it's, like, it's like Marcy had this like Marcy had the prophecy. Had the what? Wait, wait, what, what did it say specifically? Did it actually mention? Was it like three stars, something, something? Like, did it have any of them there? No, it just said it just said whatever they do, it's like they'll. It's like the saviors will come, but it's like dark forces will try and like twist the history of it. Yeah, the core, Andreas, yada yada. Yeah. Which isn't like, I don't know, Entry 46 is kind of like... Yeah, just like... It's probably the, the most mid, like... Yeah, to my be least honest, favorite the other part. entries were, I think, way, were way more... I think, like, the Valeriana one and, like, the the loss of the box, those were, like, the hard-hitting, like, codes. This one was kind of just, like, foreshadowing. Yeah, this one's just, like... Yeah, like it's like the stuff in the show happens in the show. <laughs> what? Like we already know what's gonna happen, so it's like I see. It's not new lore, essentially. Yeah, so they've defeated Ernst. They're all recovering. Um, they kind of realize that they're being str- they they they've been stranded, and you know we've seen what happened in Toadcatcher with Yunan. Um, and then that's when we then we we see Marcy meet Joe. Uh, sorry, Joe Sparrow. Yeah, this was cute. This was cute with uh her using like her violin to like. Yeah, she plays. She plays Claire no. de Lune too. That's <laughs> cute. Yeah, I love that shit. Like, I love that Joe wasn't. 
again, like, wasn't this artificial thing given to her by Andreas or something? Like, well, yeah, like, it's, I don't know. I really like that. It makes her journey feel a bit more genuine, even though, like, the benefactor and stuff, but. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, like, she cha- she tames Joe Sparrow, and he flies them all back to Newtopia. And, uh, yeah, Bonfree goes to, the, like, the Toad Lord, like, the Toad Tower to see Lord Bufo. Is there any weapon that the Toads make that shows up later? No, I don't think so. Um... But she does mention that uh, Ernest's, like, one of Ernest's coins was uh, rare and easily 1,000 years old. Hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I think we'll we'll talk about it when they they address it in the next page, Mm. I think. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Javi and Kettle confess their love for each other. You know. Uh... Oh, they, they all they all they all decide to leave the night guard. Um. Oh, so Kettle and uh, Javi go to Stony Gulch. That was where the wax museum takes place. Yeah, it's cool. I like that they connect it to a legit location in the show. And then um, femur. I don't goes think we know where femur goes. Yeah, it just shows like the like those bug flies and I, I guess wherever Swamp and Sensibility took place, because that's where Bessie was distracted by a bunch of them. Yeah, and then Marcy um, says goodbye to my amazing yeah. quest companions better than any RPG characters. But now it's time to find my all <laughs> <laughs> Marcy. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, That's my friend. But... Uh... <laughs> wow, but, man, I don't... wow. I guess it really just does capture the essence of amphibian in the way, you know. I'm just, I don't know, just this group saying goodbye to each other, moving on to things that are just better for them. That's, yeah. it is pretty nice that Javi and uh. Javi and Kettle. <laughs> Confessor. That, that, that is pretty sweet. I love how Marcy can't figure it out. <laughs> the whole time she's like, huh, like, Javi and, <laughs> and Kettle seem really close. Like, what was that all about? That's a little weird. Yeah. Anyway, like, Marcy has so many of those moments in here. It's great. <laughs> yeah. But she does mention how like the everything involving Ernest felt like it feels less like a grand RPG story, and it's more like complicated and messy, and and that's when yeah. she decides that she's not gonna tell Anne and Sasha about the box. Yeah, because she's like, because like from the influence of, I think they were talking about it a little bit. Um, but I think the the night guard and Marcy were talking about Ernest before, where like. Marcy yeah. was sympathetic sympathetic to Ernest a little bit and trying to like get his point of view why that happened and a night girl was like, ah, fuck that guy. So like Marcy doesn't want the same thing to happen with Anne and Sasha, which I mean eventually it, it kind of does, but 
even her yeah. hiding it literally caused it to happen pretty much. So, but yeah. Yeah, and then she mentions that like now that the Night Guard adventure's over, she can use Joe Sparrow to like look for them. It's... Yeah. And I think we'll again. Oh, go ahead, Impact. Oh, them you. Oh no, no, them you go. I was gonna say. I was just gonna mention like we'll, we'll we'll end off this recording with like the final entry or like entry fifty. Um where Marcy like talks to King Andreas again after this mission. After her own like mission. Um he promotes her, like he was like worried about her, but like then he's proud of her for taking initiative and promotes her to royal advisor and uh would rather have him would rather have her under his watchful eye at all times. <laughs> making sure that she's in a position to <laughs> properly serve the kingdom and that's underlined it's like yeah she definitely serves <laughs> she definitely serves the kingdom later on like in season three like <laughs> <laughs> yeah that oh god I, I just find that hilarious because it was it was a way for andreas to keep make sure marcy doesn't do some crazy shit like that again <laughs> going on an adventure like without his authority like it's to keep her more in line. Like, uh, Marcy can't figure it out. I feel like if this was like Sasha, she would have like figured this out instantly, right? But like Marcy's just not. It's weird because again, she can connect that dot in terms of like how the characters are feeling, but when it comes to like stuff characters are doing to her, she can't like. There's like no connective dot. There's no connective tissue, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, my God, like I just, yeah, she must have just felt so dumb, like <laughs> after all this, because just there are just so many signs, so many signs that something was just off. But yeah, I don't know. I, I can't help. I just 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 imagine how she just felt when when this journey was just over. Just like she she must have like you, you know those. You know how like you'll cringe at like awkward things you did when you were thirteen. Like Marcy, she's probably oh my god, she's probably like cringing at like from does over. like every five seconds she's cringing at something she did in Amphibia. Like it's just it's just bad. Oh my god, it's just bad. And uh, but you know he also got some armor made for Joe though. That's that's nice. But uh, <laughs> that's um, pretty sweet. So yeah, then Marcy asks asks Andrews about like the the coin, the thousand gold coin, and he's like, he looks at it for a while. He's like, nope, I'm not into the coins. And it's like, this is what just when you have like the realization, it's like, I think this really like enhances the book for me, where it's like, the moment Marcy comes into like Amphibia. And Andrews knows how smart she is. It's like, it's like he immediately sets out to like hiring a guy to like burn as much documents about the box as possible. It's like, man, that's a wow. <laughs> I, yeah, that's that's such a a great addition too, because it's what's what's the word? What's the word? Because I feel like Andreas in I always got the vibe that Andreas and. 
already was like burning down documents of like the past history of Amphibia already, or it got deteriorated and destroyed with time. You know, I think this was just kind of like a point where he's like, "Oh shit, I wasn't expecting this to happen right now." Like, <laughs> it just like got someone quick to just burn all those documents. She doesn't figure anything out. Bada bing, easy. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It. I do like Andreas also playing a more active, not not active, but well, no, yeah, he's playing a more active role as villain of sending someone else to do it. In that sense, he's not like just waiting for for Marcy to like find out about the temples and then do that. Like he's taking initiative to make sure she doesn't figure out things that'll fuck up this whole plan of his. So, yeah. Yeah, it's just like really nice to see Andrew's like like we know Andrew's like a goofy character, but he still doesn't like mess around. Like he he like yeah. like he's still like a like a strategist and like and he knows like like he's like a master manipulator. <laughs> like yes. And then that kind of ends off with like the uh, the triple B coming in and screaming about the barbarians. I think. I think we'll end it off with that. Yeah. So I guess. Starting with impact, like, what were your general thoughts on this like first portion of the of the journal? So like, so when coming into this to the journal, I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't like, super interested in getting more marcy stuff i was just kind of like you know it, it, it'd be pretty cool i guess um but i really want to get to that and part you know so <laughs> um but this was actually like a really pleasant surprise i liked that it even though like the earnest plot was kind of the earnest plot like it, it felt like marcy's adventures were a lot more genuine than i thought they were even though Ernest was paid by Andreas to destroy all the the documents and stuff, I think like Andreas never like is just sending Marcy onto missions and stuff that like he knows that she'll just do well in. You know what I mean? Marcy is sort of naturally exploring Amphibia and making connections with people, even though she doesn't really notice it. So I think it. I think that all really worked for me. It made her adventure feel more genuine. I like that it added a lot of like insight into her thoughts on like Anne and Sasha, her guilt of bringing them there, her fears of they're they're okay or not, um, of this friendship not working out, and how that kind of relates to to her relationship with the Night Guard and her how Ernest betrayed their trust and Marcy doesn't want the girls to do the same thing. So I really like it. I think this part of the journal adds a lot of like lore snippets that are great too and expands on Marcy's character and felt like a nice big positive I feel to the to the show as a whole without making it feel like like the show is incomplete without it, if that makes sense. I felt like this is a great companion piece and a must you have to read this part if you're an amphibia fan, but like you're not gonna like lose the entire story if you finished it and felt satisfied that makes sense so it, it was a great addition i really enjoy this this third of the journal that's it all right thank you impact 
Uh, Nick, what are your thoughts on this first portion of the journal that you've heard? It's been really damn fun. I mean, like, I I, won't, I think I definitely have the same feelings as Impact, like, before going into it. Like, where I just, yeah, I just felt like Marcy was just such a already well-handled character that I just wasn't really interested in just seeing, like, all this background information. But, no, I think they did a fantastic job just uh, tying it all in, just um, really adding, just, honestly, I'm just really impressed by how they, it's all just new material that wasn't originally planned, and somehow it just feels so well conceived into the story. So, like, you know, hats off to the Amphibia crew for just doing it again, man. I don't know how they keep doing it, but they did it. But yeah, thought it was great, loved it. All right, thank you, Nick. And yeah, like I really, I had a lot of fun with this section of the journal. Like, this probably gave us the most, like, judging by like what I've like seen a bit of the future sections it's like since it's not since it's does it's not taking place alongside the events of the show it kind of like has the freedom to like just like just like give us a bunch of like background information and just like yeah make the make newtopia feel more like lived in or not just amphibia not just newtopia like more like uh marcy's side i feel like yeah this is a good companion piece uh to the show and it's like or the section at least but like if you were like a marcy fan and you kind of wanted to see more i feel like this will really like like this first portion of the book will really like satisfy you and i think will give would give marcy fans like what they kind of like were felt like they may have lacked in the show itself But yeah, especially all the stuff with like the earn the earnests, like the earnest plot and the Valeriana reveal, and it's all really great stuff. I mean, like, like I don't, I wouldn't, like, I don't need, I wouldn't need like these stories to be animated, but like. Having something like the the Don Blood the Don Blood Islands stuff anime would have been like a really nice thing. Like it would be like a really like interesting thing to conceptualize. Like, like if a fan just made like yeah. a bunch of storyboards for this, like I I would check those out. Yeah, the whole Ernest fight needs like a whole animatic or or something. Yeah, and uh, I guess that's all. That's all for this week. Um, thanks, guys, for coming on. And I guess next next time we'll be reviewing like the next portion of the uh, journal, which would be probably everything. I guess the rest of Marcy's perspective throughout season two. And that's going to be yeah from Marcy at the gates to true True colors. colors, That's going to be a interesting thing. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and see you guys next time. Say goodbye, everyone. Peace, everybody. Get the journal. (laughs) See ya.